Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Pure Truth. I hope you enjoyed the last little quick sermon I dropped by my brother, Khalil Jones. Well, today I am dropping another quick sermon by my shepherd, more than a shepherd, but a brother in Christ, a, a, a dear brother to me, and more than really than that, a, a genuine friend, someone who uh, came alongside of me and guided me as um, about a year, about a year or two ago, uh, continue to guide me in Christ and still to this day. But my brother, Chris Love, uh, he dropped a sermon or did a sermon a while back on uh, delusional denial is damning. Man, very great sermon. So when you when you hear this sermon, you know, it's not a specific text that he coming from. So, you know, have your Bible open and be ready to walk with him through scripture. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Well, I uh, had initially planned to actually um, do a message on the works of the flesh from Galatians 5, um, and then after that to, um, Lord willing, begin the the following week uh, going through the book of Hosea. And so I was uh, preparing and and, um, pulling all that together for the Galatians 5 message when about midway through the week, um, I felt burdened to go in a different direction. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go in a different direction. Um, everyone in this room, myself included, needs to hear what it is that I'm going to say today from the word of God. Everybody, there's not one single person in this room, myself included, that is exempt from the truths that um, are going to be presented today. And that's exactly what I'm going to endeavor to do. I'm just going to speak truths to us today, very plainly and very straightforward. You know, there's a false view of Christianity, uh, which we already understand and we talk about much in in our circle Um, and usually however when we talk about it it is in reference to the world around us Um, but I want to address us right here in this room amen because you know what the way that a lot of times people end up in deception outside they don't always start out that way you know they don't And many, if you go to them, they wouldn't even recognize that they're in deception. And so it can be very easy looking out in a way to think that others around are the only ones who um, are in danger and are in peril. When all the while, it it could be you yourself and not stopping to take a look in the mirror. So what is a delusion? I want to hear answers. What's a delusion? Something that's not true. That's not true, right? That's right. It's basically an illusion. It's it's something that's not real. But the person thinks it's real. That's correct. That's what's yes. It's something that that's correct. She believes things that are not true. That's right. That they are true. That's right. That's what a delusion is. You believe it. Something that's not real, but you believe it's real. Now. What is denial? When you know something's true, but you won't accept it. But you won't accept it. That's right. We all on the same page about that. 
Now, what does it mean to be damned? Judged and convicted to hell because you've rejected Christ. But finally, what does it mean to be damned? Apart from Christ? It means to be cursed and cut off from Christ. That's what it means. It means to be cut off from Christ. And to be damned is to be permanently cut off from Christ and separated from him. Delusional denial is damning. Delusional denial is damning. Now, we're just going to walk through truth. The first truth I want to set for us before is we know instinctively what is true as humankind. You can go to Romans 1. The darkness and blindness that this fallen world is in is not excusable. It's criminal. We just saw a photo right there that testifies to the reality that what can be known about God is plain. Romans 1, beginning at verse 18. And Paul writes this. says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven you know what that means that means already right now God's wrath is being poured out on this earth a lot of times there's all these questions when disaster happens and things strike and people want to immediately go to say oh my God why is so much bad stuff happening in the world you know why because God's wrath is being revealed Against all ungodliness and all, un- and all wickedness. That's what's happening. This world is, is under judgment. There is a curse right now that exists on all that that is in rebellion to the Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world's invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are what? Without excuse. They're without excuse. The old age old question, well, what about the innocent native? There is no such thing as an innocent native. What can be known about God is is shown in that sunrise that she was just showing us there. Nobody's innocent. For although they knew God in their conscience, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. And here's what they did. They exchanged the glory of God, of the immortal God, for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, as a result of their choice to do that, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for what? For a lie. 
and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever blessed. Mankind trades out what is true and they say, okay, I don't want the truth. I want the lie. So I'm going <coughs> to set the truth aside and then I'm going to embrace the lie. That's what mankind does. And we're without excuse in it. So we're instinctively without truth or we instinctively know what is true. And so the darkness and the blindness that we find ourselves in now is not excusable. It's criminal. It's criminal activity. Turning from the truth. This is the next truth I want to set forth to us is a deliberate decision. Second Timothy chapter four. Beginning at verse one. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. This is Paul giving this charge to Timothy. Verse two, preach the word. Preach the word, preach the word of God. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct. Rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and do what? Wander off. Wander off into myths, some translations say. Turn aside to myths. What's a myth? It's a lie. It's a delusion. People will turn from what is true and they will turn to delusions. And they turn to those delusions to suit their own desires. Because being in the delusion allows your desires to stay intact and preserved. And it's a deliberate decision. Notice that. That's what Paul says here. There is a a deliberate turning aside to those things. They're not being forced to turn aside. They're not being coerced to turn aside. They are choosing to say, I'm turning my back on what is true. And I'm going to embrace that, which is not. Thirdly, when we make those decisions, again, we are making decisions that suit us. We're making decisions that suit us, that accommodate us. We already saw that in Second Timothy there, but go to John chapter 12.
beginning at verse 37. It says, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This is a part of the crowd. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah, the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. So there's one group that refused to believe. And so in their refusal to believe, God actually gave them, let them have that and now caused them to say, OK, you won't believe. OK, now I'm going to see to it that you won't believe. That's that group. But listen to this. Verse 42. Yet at the same time, many among the leaders did what? So there is a group that seems to have some kind of belief in him. But let's find out about these people. These aren't the people who are outright saying that they don't believe him. These are people who say that they believe him. But let's find out about these people who say that they believe him. But because of the Pharisees, they would what? Not confess him. They would not confess him. They would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that what would happen? They'd be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of man more than praise from God. These are people who say that I don't believe Jesus. You understand that? This is the group that's saying, I believe. I've put my faith there. And yet, that belief was not strong enough to allow these people to take a stand and the reason why is because they love the praise of men more than they love the praise of God. They made that decision to suit them. That's exactly what they did. So here's how it goes. We say we believe in God, believe in Jesus, knowing that believing in Jesus will make something uncomfortable happen in my life that I don't want to happen in my life. I know that if I make a decision that is in accordance with what Jesus says, that will make the thing that's uncomfortable to happen in my life happen. I don't want that happen to happen to my life. Ergo, I deny Christ. Yeah. That's, what ha that's what happens. We deny Christ. Because there's something that is true about that will happen to us if we choose to obey Christ. And we choose to walk in his way. And so just like these men here, whatever that thing might be, for them, it was they, loved, they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. But you can substitute anything there. You don't want to lose the business deal. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lose family thanksgivings. You don't want to lose the relationship. You don't want the marriage to go south. You don't want to lose relationship with your children. You're concerned about your public image. I mean, what, after all, what are they going to think about me on Instagram? I mean, we laugh, but I'm dead serious about that. You know, people are going to go to hell because they care more about what people thought about them on Instagram than they did what the Lord Jesus Christ thought about them. Be sure of that. Be sure there will be people in hell because of Instagram. So 
So people sell out Jesus for the sake of other things all the time. And it's serious business. Number four, if you think you can deny Christ and God will be okay with that, you're deceived. Luke chapter nine. Verse 21, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. That's talking about his disciples who just acknowledged who he was. Verse 22, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Then he said to them, all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. That's the opposite of saving yourself. And take up their cross daily and follow me. I, I implore you, as we read these next verses, just hear what Jesus is saying. Hear what he's saying. Verse 24, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in, in, and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Do you hear that? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. That is as about as plain and straightforward as it can get. If you will be ashamed of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ will be ashamed of you when it matters the most on the day when he comes to be glorified. Second Timothy chapter two. Beginning at verse 11. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. You see that? If we die with him, we'll live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, what happens? He'll disown us. He'll do, if we deny him, 
What's he going to do? Deny us. He's going to deny us. You can't have it both ways. If you deny Christ, Christ will deny you. And again, this denying is not just the confessing of your lips, right? Because like, you, you said earlier in that verse, like, how there were many of the leaders who believed, but then but for fear, they wouldn't confess. So is this the aspect of deny here? It's like through the action? It's not just... Yes. Yeah, it's not just in word. Yeah. Because if you just go over to Titus, just right to the right there, one page. Titus 116. Why don't you read that out, brother? They profess to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed. Talk is cheap. You can say all day long, I believe in God. But it's not what comes out of your mouth that is the evidence of whether or not you believe in God. Mm -hmm. It's your life. It's what you do. That's the same for every individual. Nobody's an exception to that. And again, if you can look at a truth like that and, and close your Bible and walk away and say, ah, that's not me. That's what it is to be in a delusion. That's exactly the definition of a delusion. That's exactly the definition of what Paul said to Timothy, turning from the truth and turning to myths. It's a myth to believe that it's just what you say and not what you do. That's a delusion. That's a myth. And it's damning to your soul. Let's go further. If you continue to turn aside from the truth, your conscience may be seared to the point where God will send you into a delusion that you can't get out of. If you continue to turn aside from the truth, your conscience may be seared to the point where God will send you into a delusion that you can't get out of. Second Peter chapter two. Beginning at verse one. But there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Brothers and sisters and friends, it matters what people teach. There are things that people can teach that will damn you. He's, Paul, Peter is not saying destructive heresies because it's not going to matter in the end. A destructive heresy is a teaching that will destroy you. That's what a destructive heresy is. Let's go further. Even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Now, many will follow their depraved conduct. See, it's not just the fault isn't just with the false teachers. You said it, sister, recently. It's when there's false teachers and false people want that. 
So it's not just the false prophets that are guilty. It's the people who are sitting up under that and, and joining themselves to that. And here's what it says. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. And what motivates these men to, to lead people in that way? Their greed. These teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories, myths and delusions. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. Do you hear what God is saying there? For if God did not spare angels when they sinned and sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to do what, though? Keep the unrighteous where? Under punishment. Under punishment. On the day of judgment. Do you see that? God knows exactly. If you will, if you will go your own way and you will have your own way, God knows how to keep you right in that state until the time of your demise. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse nine, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. And we don't need to get into all the who is the lawless one and the man of sin and all that. That's not really important to the point of what we want to draw out of this passage. We'll see here in a second what we want to draw out of it. But this lawless one that's being referred to in this passage will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie that he's wanting to sell. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. But here's the thing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, verse 11. God sends them. Do you see that? God sends them. Not the boogeyman, not the devil. God, in that song that we just sang here a little bit ago, the, the, the God that is alpha, omega, beginning, end, creator, ruler, the one who to all blessing, all honor, all power, all glory, all strength, all wisdom is too. That's the God who will send them a strong delusion. And what happens when he sends that strong delusion? 
so that they will believe the lie. And so that they will all be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. If you want to pursue a lie, God will let you have it. And if God gives you over to a lie, what hope do you have? None. You have no hope. You have absolutely no hope. There's no way to get out of a lie if God says, I'm going to send you a delusion. You're damned. The only one who can save us out of darkness and rescue us out of deception is God. And so if that same God, who's the only one who has the key to let us out, locks the door and throws away the key, you're trapped. And as we see here, the reason why he's motivated to do that is because you chose to love the lie rather than the truth. He won't be at fault for that. Number six, Jesus only deals in truth no matter the consequences. John chapter eight. Now, this is going to be very important to the next point and the final point before I make some final remarks but listen very closely to this passage and how it describes Jesus because you know we are so quick to say I want to be like Jesus but you know what do, do you the question you have to ask is do you want to be like the Jesus of the scriptures and what we're about to see is what the Jesus of the scriptures is like Repeat the reference, please. John chapter 8 and we're going to begin at verse 28 is everybody there? So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who has sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. He always did what pleased the father. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Mm, there we go again. To the Jews who had believed on him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you see it? Over and over again, even right out of Jesus's mouth, it's not just professing or saying, I believe in you. It's not just a mental ascent. It is obeying. It is walking in the ways of the Lord. It is holding fast, not just in, in theory to what Jesus has said, but it's actually living it out and walking it out and applying the commands of Jesus Christ to our lives in an experiential way. That's what proves if you're really one of his disciples. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Clearly, they didn't know their history. <laughs> How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Verily, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. 
So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I've seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Mm, already God, Jesus is making a distinction. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham didn't do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. Here's their declaration. We are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is that you don't belong to God. The Jews answered him. Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon possessed? I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory from myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this, they exclaim, now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father who you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, if I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they said, you are not 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. And have you seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Do you speak in a way to such people to where they're ready to stone you? If you don't, you're not like Jesus. Jesus was not politically correct. Jesus didn't sugarcoat things. I read it right out of the scriptures there. You saw what Jesus said. He said things like, you're a liar. He said things like, your father is the devil. <laughs> he said things like, you don't know God. We hear people talk like that today and we're like, oh, whoa, who, who does this guy think he is? Somebody who's like Jesus. And so that's the thing. Clearly, we don't know the Jesus of the scriptures. He didn't mince words. 
He didn't play around. He wasn't playing games. He spoke very truthfully and plainly. And so you need to understand what you're saying when you say, I want to be like Jesus. What you're saying is I want to be somebody who speaks truthfully and plainly and with integrity and in such a way that I can be, have people ready to stone me when I'm done talking to them. That's what it means like to be like the biblical Jesus. Usually when we say we want to be like Jesus, what we mean is we want to be like the concoction of Jesus that we've come up with in our own minds. Not Jesus as he is in fact. And as he has revealed himself to be in his holy word. Finally, if we are truly going to be Christ followers for real and not just in theory, we must follow in his path and be people of truth and reality, not denial and fantasy. First John chapter two. Verses five and six. Actually, you know what? We'll do three through six. First John chapter two, beginning at verse three. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments again, over and over and over again. It's there in scripture. Again, you're you're in a delusion to say anything otherwise. Whoever says I know him, but does not do what he commands is what? You, it's amazing how much that word comes up in the scripture. <laughs> scripture is not afraid to call people liars. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. How do we know? Whoever claims to live in him must do what? Walk in the same, in the same way that Jesus Walk. And we saw an example from John 8 of just, just one of the many. Scripture tells us how Jesus walks. We need to really do a serious study in Scripture and really get real about the Gospels and what it presents to us about how Jesus walked and how Jesus really lived. And then put that down and then match our lives up to that. And then say, am I really walking like Jesus walked? Because I, th I would venture to guess if we really put all of ourselves to the test right now, every one of us would fail. Mm -hmm. If we really put our lives under the microscope for all of our talking about, oh, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like, do you really? Do you really want to walk in the way that he walked? Are you really ready to suffer the things that he suffered and the consequences for it? Are you really ready for that? Don't rush to say it. If we're going to be truly Christ followers for real, this is what it must look like. God calls us to be people of truth. That's exactly how Jesus lived. The one of the scriptures. That was the error of the people in Matthew 7. When they said, Lord, Lord. Haven't we not? Haven't we not? Mm -hmm. And he said, I never knew who you were. 
They believed in a Jesus. The only problem was they believed in the wrong one. They believed in the Jesus of their imagination that doesn't make demands on you, such as if you love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. They didn't take that Jesus seriously. They didn't take the Jesus seriously who said, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. They didn't take the Jesus seriously who said, you are of your father, the devil. In our journey of being Christians, we are to be people of truth. That's what the people of God are. We're not people of delusion. That's what the world is in. Why is it that Marvel and all that kind of stuff, like, why is that a billion-dollar industry? Why is fantasy a billion-dollar industry in this country? People love delusions. People love fantasies. People love being detached from reality. That's the reason why. Why do you think entertainment and all that stuff is, is so pervasive? We want to check out of what's real. But you know what? If we want to be a Christian, you don't have that luxury. Christians and the people of God speak truth. And we walk in truth. And that starts by us being honest with ourselves. Do you all hear me today? That starts by being honest with ourselves. Are you truly being honest with yourself in your life? Or are there all sorts of areas where you are walking in a delusion in order to save yourself? Listen, when we comply with delusions, whether it is our own or someone else's, we are denying Christ. We are betraying Jesus. We, and we need to name that. We don't need to come up with flowery ways and, and words to try to spiritualize it and excuse it. We need to name exactly what it is that we're doing and just own it. If I am in a delusion and I'm either my, of my own making or complying with another one, I am denying Christ. I am betraying Jesus. I am. So here's my closing admonition to you and myself. If you are in the habit of denying Christ and you think that you're okay and you think you're okay, you're deceiving yourself. Stop. If you have been denying Christ to save your natural human relationships, stop. If you're denying Christ to protect your economic situation, stop. If you are denying Christ to save your public image or your reputation before men, Stop. If you are denying Christ to save your physical life from harm. Stop. Do you hear what I'm saying to you all? Stop doing it. Don't excuse it. Don't explain it away. Stop. Repent and believe. Because to go forward in that habit of life. Is to do so at the peril of of your eternal soul. Christ is talking to you and me when he's saying these things. He is talking to us and this is what he is saying to us. And, and so what if we lose everything? So what if we lose everything 
in order to follow Jesus faithfully. So what if we lose everything in our life? Or are you saying he's not worth it? So what if you go bankrupt for following Christ? So what if all your family walks out on you for following Christ? So what if you're an embarrassment to the whole town because you're following Christ faithfully? So what? Unless you want to save your life. And unless your life is more important than following Christ faithfully and you're just like those Pharisees who for fear of being put out of the synagogue, they said, I'm not going to really identify with Jesus that much. I'm just going to fashion and shape a Jesus that fits me and that suits me and that doesn't make the kind of demands and claims on my life as this one in this book does. The only problem with that, my friends, is that that one doesn't save. And following that kind of Jesus will have you on the last day saying, Lord, Lord, and him saying, I don't know who you are. Just like you denied me down there in life, I'm denying you right now when it matters the most. Now is the time to not deny Jesus. Now is the time. In time. Not on the day of eternity. In time. This is the day to not deny Christ. This is today to stand tall and firm in him. This is the day to walk in truth. This is the, this is the age of suffering loss. This American Christianity that we've been fed, that God is all about making our life great and better. And, and th that is a hogwash. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. This is the time to suffer loss. This is the time to let it all go. This is the time to take risk and put ourselves out there to advance the cause of Christ. This is the time to do that. We're going to have all eternity to see sun, sunrises. We're going to have all eternity for that. And it'll be perfect. It won't be tainted by sin. This is, a, this is an evil age that we live in. And if you're fighting and clawing to save this life here, you are in one of those damning delusions. And it will not go well with you on the day of eternity. And so if we're not willing to let everything go and follow Christ, I would just say to you, go back and live it up. That must be the most miserable life. Trying to play double agent. If this world means that much to you, just do like Demas did. And just go back. But don't try to be double agent Christian. Christ is worth more than that. I can tell you today. At the end of the day, all that matters to me is Jesus. That's all that matters at the end of the day. I can say with the holy God listening to me that if what I just set forth today meant that next Sunday I was the only one in this room, so be it. So be it. Because all that matters to me is Christ at the end of the day.